Texas Spirits started with Tito's Handmade Vodka. We were the first legal distillery in Texas. Still Texas-made and owned. Still making the smoothest juice around. Remember, just because it looks like vodka doesn't mean it tastes like Tito's. 40% alcohol by volume, 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. We're not changing the show back to just Matt and CJ, but I, Spencer, you made that banger of an intro. Thank you. And I guess that's a good way to kind of start today. I uh, forgot how good it was. <laughs> uh, dude, it's, it, it's some of your finer work. Thanks. Yeah. Although, to be fair, that was just, you know, a lot of the hard work done already by the musicians. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. You didn't, you, you didn't, didn't build play, that. You're not a <laughs> Sessions musician that played it, but uh, you're going to get a lot more. Matt, uh, Matt, you're going to be here every day during every segment now. I know you've been kind of... Well, uh, I've been well, here every day. I just well, haven't been here for every segment. You've been what we call a floater. You come and go as you please. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you saw online, there have been some changes which happen in radio. It's not changes we asked for or wanted. It's just what the business is. And our dear, sweet friend, Emily... Uh, will no longer be broadcasting with us every day, which sucks. We hate it, but, you know, uh, Emily's going to be good at whatever she does, and maybe this is uh, her chance to get away from three smelly dudes that love making dong jokes all day long. Uh, yeah, she was a great grab. You know, she was uh, part of the morning show, and we yeah, managed she to kind of talk her into coming and spending some time with us as well, which I really liked uh, having her around. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is a tricky business very tricky and i think this is the since you and i started just matt and cj and then it became the cj morgan show and it's just been bounced around this is uh every four to six months we get a new fun iteration but spinning matt and i will try to do our best to entertain make you laugh and and listening to the just matt and cj intro made me think of the fun we had coming up with that name because the consultants, <laughs> the management, the whatever up there, they, they told Matt and I, because Spencer, you and Matt had a show previously called Coyote. Coyote. Uh, across the hall. Then we were all teamed up. It's I mean, again, it's radio. It's what happens. Um, man, I don't even have my Coyote Down sound effect anymore. That's Thank sad. God. That, okay, was, that good. made me and Matt depressed every uh, time we did. played it. It did, but y'all wouldn't shut up about it. And it made me feel depressed that y'all didn't want to hang out with me in here. Anyhow... I love that they were. They told. It's not they, true. they know I'm kind of wild and an idiot, and they know Matt's creative. So they're like, "Listen, no, no clever names. We don't want you guys. To, it's just Matt and CJ. No, none, none of this. No clever names. Just Matt and CJ. So we literally called the show. <laughs> just Matt and CJ. Just Matt and CJ. Like we can't get in trouble. And, they uh, told us and, that. And a few other people in radio reached out to me and like, oh, so what's so you and Matt are teaming up? Congrats, it's cool. Like, what's the name of the show? I'm like, just Matt and CJ. And it's like, oh, but so it's just y'all. And I'm like, no, literally the show. <laughs> Is just the title is just Matt. I liked that the first CJ thing we ever did together was, was to immediately try to pe- piss off uh, management. And guess what? We succeeded. We very much so did. You're like, sorry, set in stone. We got a bunch of pictures printed. We've got logos. Yeah, <laughs> it's too late, y'all. It, it, it's, we don't want to spend more money. Well, most importantly, <laughs> we grabbed the social media. But uh, you know, I guess we'll still for now be called the CJ Morgan Show um, because. An old man taught me in radio once. He's like, you don't want to be, uh, you don't want to be the whatever. You don't, you don't want to be. I guess there was like, you know, a Bob and Tom, which is, you know, and you can replace Bob or Tom with another Bob or Tom at any point. But, but uh, he's like, use your name. Always use your name. So 
they'll they'll have to find another CJ Morgan. And I've looked throughout the area, and luckily, uh, they're no, worse than I am at radio. Yeah, anybody and more money in other fields? Because say anybody who had your name has uh, changed it so that they're not confused for you. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, I did start a Facebook group once called the Battle of CJ Morgans, but we'll discuss that on another day. But you know what? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna onward through the fog as the uh, yes the saying goes. This is, uh, the great generals and commanders you love to study would say, I assume Napoleon or someone similar. I feel like that was Winston Churchill, but I don't may, know. maybe not. He may he wrote his own biography. He made up a lot of stuff, but. Uh, <laughs> We're going to keep going, keep trying, and of course, your feedback, always welcome, 835-1015. And you know what? Uh, today's going to be today's going to be a good day. I can already feel it. Someday. Um, oh, hold on. Boss is at the door. We'll be right back. 101X. It's the CJ Morgan Show. One of the greatest heists of all time. That's right, on this day in history, 1950 to be exact, uh, more than $2 million were stolen from the Brinks Armored Car Depot in Boston, Mass. Gentlemen, $2 million okay. in 1950 money. What is that today with inflation and the gold standard? 1950 money. Mm. Yeah. 1950 to now, I would say uh, I would say it's a, a 150% increase. Let's call it uh, $6 million. $6 million. That's yeah, my guess. That's going to be exactly my guess, too. Okay. $6 million? Yeah. Gentlemen, uh, two million dollars in 1950 is equivalent to about uh, 25 million today. 25, what I said. 25 and a half million, which is just insane. When people are like, well, in my day, you could buy a lollipop and cigarettes and a coke for a nickel. You buy a piano for a dollar. I don't get it. I bought a house when I was younger, and kids these days are renting whatever. That's not the point. The point is, that's a lot of damn money. Because you look at uh, the risk of robbing an armored car depot, and you're like, for two million amongst six or so guys. When it comes out to this, it's a lot, and it was one of the uh, most expensive uh, takings ever in history. And in fact, there was a movie about it. Not to be confused with the Lufthansa robbery, which we'll talk about later, which was featured heavily in the movie Goodfellas. Uh, this was actually in the Peter Falk movie called The Brinks Job, which came out in 78. Mm. Uh, and it was almost the perfect crime. It took them six years, days Literally just days before the statute of limitation expired. Uh, the way it worked was the uh, robbery's mastermind, Anthony Fatspino. <laughs> I didn't have that as your nickname. That's great. <laughs> Fatspino. Uh, he was a career criminal. He recruited 10 other men. They staked out the depot for over a year, 18 months. They figured everything out when it held the most money, um, when guards were in and out, what they wore, what they did. They were able to uh, impersonate the guards. They were able to get fake keys. They were able to get fake uniforms, everything. They went in in the uniforms, Halloween masks, uh, had the copy of keys, tied up the employees inside, went into the counting room and filled up 14 canvas bags with Damn. cash, coins, checks, money orders. That's how much it takes, 14 big-ass bags. Yeah, uh, got uh, more than a half a ton in a good getaway car. They did it in 30 minutes. They used 30 minutes. They used canvas bags. I think it's nice that they cared about the environment and didn't use sure. like single-use plastic or whatever. Yeah, that was yeah, nice yeah. of them. Absolutely. <laughs> did they kill anybody in the heist? Uh, no one was killed in the heist. I feel oh. like if you steal that much money and don't kill anybody... Part of it should be like, ah, good on you. You did it. Six months, you know. There you go. Uh, it wasn't just a taste of jail. It wasn't just two million, which we said was twenty-five and a half in today's money. It was two point seven million, the largest robbery in U.S. history up until that time. 
Again, no one was hurt. The thieves left no clues aside from the rope they used to tie the employees in one of the chauffeur's caps. Uh, the gang said they're going to stay out of trouble, not to touch the money. This is very important for six years, so the statute of limitation ran out. Right. And they might have made it had it not been for these snooping kids. Had nothing to do with snooping kids. Uh, one of the guys actually was arrested and jailed for another burglary offense. Stupid bitch. He got, yeah, went he to got jail. A taste for it. Did he, he really couldn't... tweet, tweet, tweet? Jeez. He talked. Uh, oh, so essentially, man. what happened is he. Well, not only did he talk, but the other guys probably uh, overreacted. He started asking his buddies for money, saying, "Hey, I'm in jail. Y'all better give me some damn money and help, or I'm going to start talking." And they sent a guy to kill him. Jeez. The guy was uh, apprehended, stopped in the action of killing uh, Joseph Spex O'Keefe, and. Basically, after that, after he was wounded, he went to the FBI and squealed, and everyone ended up getting busted, which is kind of, kind of a bummer because you were, you know, months away from it being the statute of limitations. Things not, uh, not. Yeah, and there's, a lesson, there's a lesson to be learned here. Immediately after you do anything fun with your friends, you got to kill them all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which again we learned from the Lufthansa heist in the movie uh, Goodfellas. But eight of the robbers were caught. Uh, they were convicted and given life sentences, which is kind of crap, but they did that to be harsh to keep people from doing it. So two people were never caught. Only a nice. small part of the money was ever recovered. The rest of it they've never found. Two Have people. not found the money. Two people live in a luxury. Two people got yeah. it. Money's still out there somewhere. Lesson learned, if you're going to rob a bank, number one, don't talk. Never talk. And then wait until the statue of... Which, is there still that for bank robbery? Probably not. Let's get to our sports bets. Every week, we pick a different game, go head-to-head against each other. The loser has to drop a chip in punishment, Plinko. The loser of this week's sports bet was actually Emily, and her punishment was being fired. So, sorry about that, Em. Mm. Just kidding. We love wow, you. that was that We'll was talk harsh. about that more later. We knew it was your call. I knew um, it. I knew it. But what are we more sad about, that or the uh, Dallas Cowboys? And with that, let's get to the results of the sports bet. It certainly was a wild, wacky, wild card weekend. It's my uh, sports announcer voice. I'm trying. Uh, I'm going to be punished. I'm 0-6. Spincey coming out just okay at 3-3. Three and three. And Matt sitting at two and four. It was a disappointing wild card weekend for the bets, especially Dallas Cowboys. Packers had seven and a half points. Um, Matt, you took the pack in seven and a half. I did. I, I was very close to doing the same thing because I was like, the Cowboys, they tend to disappoint. But still in my mind, I was like, they... There's no way. I even joked about how Cowboys it would be to lose to the Packers at home. And I was like, they're not going to disappoint yet. (laughs) Second round, yeah, they'll probably lose to Detroit or something at home. And it'll be classic Cowboys. Did not expect the uh, ass kicking. Someone inboxed me to let me know last week that I was an idiot for picking the Packers. I chose the Packers and I told you. I have a mother-in-law who has cancer who's not well. Can I help some of the Cowboys fans out there right now? Because it was depressing to watch as a Cowboys fan. But... My mother-in-law, who has not been doing well, and chemo has ravaged her body, had one sat last thing in a to chair be happy about. And watched that Packers game and was delighted, and she got to have her grandkids next to her. And I'm telling you right now, it wasn't worth it. I wish the Cowboys had won. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, 
with a, a certain friend group that I was hanging out with, we've we've now watched the Cowboys lose in pretty bad fashion um, <laughs> to the Packers three times now. One of them was the the Des caught it debacle. Right. The other was uh, when they didn't run the ball enough and didn't put Romo in and lost to Aaron Rodgers. And then that, of course, that just sounds like all of them. But yeah. Okay. And, and then this uh, this last one, which is just heartbreaking for Cowboys fans. And I was out of town over the weekend. We had had a a boys trip to Vegas plan to watch the wild card games. And I cannot tell you how many sad waddly Des Bryant jersey wearing uh and Ezekiel Elliott fade shaved sandal dudes were just sadly walking around Vegas. Oh. I mean it was it was disappointing and it's it's so cowboys and it's like they didn't even prepare. My daughter at all. my daughter learned an important lesson. Uh, we were in Wisconsin. Don't be a Cowboys no, fan. No, we were in Wisconsin, and she was in the grocery store, and they were selling Go Pack Go cakes. And she just thought it was funny. She just yelled out, "Go Cowboys!" She does. She's never watched football ever, and <laughs> doesn't she realize how serious she can does be. not realize that she was in the land of uh, the pack, and so and almost got, got you your ass kicked. I, I wasn't with her. She was with my wife, and my wife kind of shot her a look like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." And a couple people were like, "Hey, that's not polite, young lady." Like, gave her, like, a very serious talking to about why why she was rude. <laughs> I just point yeah. toward the exit. Go! Now! Get, get out! out. Yeah. Get out of here! Uh, and she hasn't been seen since. I lost the sports bet. Tomorrow we'll drop some punishment, Plinko, and we'll return to the uh, punishments of old. It's just before the 5 o'clock news where you heard it here first before 5. There's a new world record. A German man chugged a cup of coffee in three seconds, uh, 3.12 actually, beating the previous record of 3.17. If you'd like to see the feat, don't worry, there's video online. Just Google Germans gulping brown liquid on your work computer. And speaking of the Germans, book banning is not yet legal in Texas. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled earlier today that a Texas law requiring publishers to provide content ratings was actually a breach of the First Amendment against compelled speech. House Bill 900 titled the Restricting Explicit and Adult Designated Educational Resources Act, or RIDA, passed the Texas legislature last year and was aimed at keeping sexually explicit material out of schools and, as one Texas senator said, encouraging students to instead get aroused like us by reading Ann Rand. And survival of the fittest, it's here again. Yet another Arctic freeze will be coming to the central Texas area, so whatever you're doing, stop, get in your car, and go raid the H-E-B for meat, bottled water, and toilet paper now, you filthy pigs! We must survive! That's today's headlines just before 5 o'clock news, where you heard it here first, before 5, always live. Matt, you had some trouble uh, traveling this weekend, right? I I went to where the it's a desert to Las Vegas, and uh, there were still some delays and some issues uh, at the airport there. So I can only imagine how going to the heart of the Midwest, close to Canada, close to the lake effect. How was traveling in the wintry depths? It was great. I flew into Chicago while they were getting 18 inches of snow. It was super easy. And yeah. then I drove What's crazy to about you, I texted you about this <laughs> Damn. because I had two different <laughs> friends 
that went to Chicago, went to O'Hare, or were going to before and after you, and both of their stuff was canceled. So you got out just in time. No, I not guess. just in time. It's kind of bizarre. They they canceled on the day that I flew to O'Hare. They canceled 1,100 of the 1,300 flights. Somehow, mine was one of the 200 that was allowed to fly in. I don't know why. They canceled one of our flights. In The flight that was before ours and after ours were both canceled. Somehow, ours got through. The problem really wasn't the flying. Once we got to Chicago, we got into a car, and then we had to drive. Now, Illinois is filled with weed tax money. Weed tax money. That's right, bro. And when we were leaving the airport, the snow plows had been out. Everything looked pretty clean and nice, but there was no one on the roads. This is how bad the storm was. A place like Chicago, known for wind and cold. It's called the Windy City. They're used to weather up there. They used to have ropes that you would use to go from building to building because the snow drifts were so bad. They were shut down. There was nothing, because we had thought, well, when we land, we'll find a quick place, a burger joint or something to get some food for the kids. Nothing was open. Gas stations were closed. Oh, man. The Walmart was closed. You can't even get a roller dog from the, the guest. That sucks. When we got into Wisconsin, which does <laughs> not have any of that sweet, sweet, sweet weed tax money, Roads the, plows, are bad. the plows hadn't been out. And then it was like in, it was like being in some kind of weird apocalypse movie because no one was out on the road. It was just <laughs> us, this one lone car, and we had to drive at around twenty-five. So you rented a, you no, rented no, 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 uh, no. Uh, unfortunately, my wife's family member had driven down to get uh. us. So that poor and tire chains or just just uh, four wheel driving it and okay. seeing how it's going. When we went back, it had gotten pretty heavy. It was very slushy on the road. It wasn't scary like uh, like you were going to hit a big patch of ice and go flying off the road. It's just bumper cars because there's snow on each side. There of just you. was nothing. I mean, there's there's no one around. You can't really tell where the road is sometimes because it's been. It's it's such a weird slushy mix. You can't even tell where the tracks are from other cars. And sometimes right. it's just hard to make things out when it's all just white snow. And when you're going 25 miles an hour, that trip <laughs> usually takes about an hour. That drive does. Uh, it took us a little over three hours now, to make that trip. Was there any part of you that was fighting within your family over why this trip? Why you did this trip? <laughs> did you want to cancel it? Did you like? Could it not be postponed a week? You're doing that thing where you're telling me you're not married without telling me you're not married. Sure, sure. And I'm just going to tell you that if you're... No, I was happy to go see my wife's family. In a snowpocalypse. In a snowpocalypse. Okay, good. You're not going to break me. Right. My wife could well, be listening, I mean, it, it seems and like, you're not going to get me in trouble. It, it just seems like, hey, man, that's... Uh, Shame on you, CJ. If there's ever a time worth appropriately canceling a trip, this would be it. Because you had the kids, too. You had it, it, you're, you're heading into... The entire Bearden clan was going. There that, were, you guys could have been wiped off the face of the earth. There would be no more Beardens. Exactly. There were uh, two winter storms that both got names. Yeah. Heather and Ivanka <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Like They yeah. never <laughs> name winter storms. There were two of them in the U.S. Can, at the same time, and that's when your family decided, let's go can see I say relatives in the coldest part of the earth. On Saturday, we got up. It was a below zero. In fact, it, it, the wind chill, it was almost negative 30. Once the sun came out, I you, got my, a, you I, did get a sled. I got, we got a, a sled and we went and it was so cold. Nobody was out. So we got to put him, it wasn't truly a sledding hill. We just found an area that had a tiny bit of a clearing. And so I just said, don't hit a tree. <laughs> and I got to take an 11 year old sledding oh, and he had an incredible time afterwards when it was freezing. It's nice. The neighborhood bar in my mother-in-law's uh, neighborhood, uh, fireplace, pull tabs, 
and uh, toasty, warm drinks and great Bloody Marys. I, I It was almost like going like a ski vacation. Sure. Except instead of sp- spending the money you'd spend on a ski vacation... Uh, we had a you know a fifteen dollar plastic sled and and by the way uh, liquor is very cheap in Wisconsin. Yeah, nothing else to do. Drink and stay warm. What happened to all the damn creeks right underneath your feet? Your favorite bar, your house might be a old Austin Lost Creek. There's an article at the Statesman talking about some of these and where some names of things might come from are. From these lost creeks, you know, before we were even Austin, we were called Waterloo. Had nothing to do with Napoleon, but more because... There's a creek? The city was soggy, muddy, and wet. Hell yeah. And it was hard to dig to farm. Uh, it was... Oh, it, why not put a capital there? A lot of people called it just a mosquito infested. Like, there was a lot of crap talk about Waterloo, a.k.a. Austin, back in the day. But yeah, we, we've got a, a whole history of little creeks and things running underground where a lot of these names come from. And it might even be your favorite bar, Matt. Really? What do you mean by that? Well, you ever been to uh, the Long Branch back in the day? I remember the Long Branch. Actually, the Long Branch is where Nickel City is now. Uh, it, was, it wasn't for one of my favorite bars. Uh, one of the owners was a really loud racist. No, I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah, it said mean, weird stuff. Well, uh, but I do remember going there. I mean, it's a little bit of nostalgia, I suppose. Uh, Shoal Creek Saloon, which is actually on Shoal Creek. But there was Little Shoal Creek, kind of like how I used to live on. Wait, different than Shoal Creek now? There was another Shoal Creek? It was a tiny Shoal Creek. It was a baby one uh, over on 24th and uh, Nueces near West Campus. So it's oh, all okay. Gr- it's all grown up now? Yeah. yeah. It's gone. Sh- it's been built on top of. Yeah, Shoal oh. Creek Saloon proper still does occasionally get flooded out by the Shoal <laughs> Creek. So Absolutely. Absolutely, and so does uh, uh, you know the football field down there. Like everything, when it when it rains a lot, and that's why yeah the city has so many floods is because a lot of downtown Austin has all these old creek beds and things that you know during during the summer they're dry. They're like, eh, it's dry this year. Yeah, they've been (laughs) paved over and never really fixed the the problem of water flowing in and out. It's fine; it'll dry out. There's a creek bed in my backyard that. Fills with like maybe an inch of water, even in the heaviest downpours. But I saw pictures from my neighbor; they re-diverted that creek into a culvert, and it now no longer runs by my house naturally anymore. I don't know how they did that, but she showed me pictures from even just like maybe thirty or forty years ago, where the water came all the way up to like my back door. And she was like, "Yeah, this is what it used to be like in this neighborhood." Uh, But it's weird. So we just have a whole series of creeks that we've covered. Secret yeah, creeks. Yeah, well, there is uh, two it's, Bolden Creeks, east and west. Wait, two Bolden? Two Bolden Creeks, and they diverted and moved those. Uh, How do you move a whole creek? That seems greedy. A shovel. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple, then you just bury it in. You never played with the water hose in your backyard? Yeah, I guess so. Mentioned the Long Branch, which is like East 11th and Lydia, Harris Branch, and then the, uh, the little Shoal Creek. So... They would do kind of what you're saying. They would move them because a lot of them were dry creek beds during a lot of the year and would fill when Austin had a rainy season. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if y'all know this, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a creek boy. I grew up near a creek. Creek boy? And loved it because we would... Man. The essential little kid for me was going out with my friends, going to the little forested creek area because, it's you know, there's going to be hills and trees near the creek. We would uh, build rafts. All the time, really? pretty rad. And uh, Wait, I don't know what. Yeah, like how PVC? big were these creeks? I mean, pretty big, and they would fill up. Wow. But they, uh, 
there were a lot of culverts that were concrete that would go into the creek. And if you could actually get a raft raft, you could float those after it rained. There was a part we called the rapids where we built a swing that we could jump and hit the water with. And even by my old house, I used to live near uh, Breaker and Desau, where Walnut Creek is. You can you go over it if you're on I-35. It's a pretty big creek. When it rains, it fills up, and you could kind of swim in that water. <laughs> it was literally right behind my house. Like, it was on the property, and it had filled up to where we thought the house would flood before a couple times, like May 2015. But that Walnut Creek was great because it would flood... And then it would lower, and you would go walk around during it. Um, and again, this is kind of, you know where Pioneer Farms is at? Sure. Where you, the old place where you used to go watch people dress up and make some trees. It was right behind that. <laughs> but there was clearly a big use for it because you could find old arrowheads there. You could find where, you Some know, someone coolest. had tried to make and scrap arrowheads. But when you're a kid finding an arrowhead, you're like, oh, man. I wasn't a kid. I was an adult. Oh. <laughs> I did this like oh, five bad. years ago when I lived yeah. there. But Spencer, not only that. You really you yeah. really think he's always been but, a kid. But you would, find, you would find geodes. Bad. You would find like fossils. Like so much would wash out of the, the old creek. Not to mention like all the, the homeless trinkets and things that had also washed <laughs> oh. away you would find. It, it was great. So when you hear a story about Austin re-diverting so many of these creeks, does it bring you some sadness? Yeah, because that's less creeks to play in. And speaking of finding stuff in creeks, you know, if you see my old GoPro that I made a raft with <laughs> somewhere in the mud, I'd like to have that back. I want to see that footage. You should run for the council on the platform that you're going to I'm, I'm reopen, reopen all the creeks. Hey, it's time for some fact-finding and learning. If it's true, we're going to tell it to you, and we're going to start it with did you know, so you know it's true like this. Did you know? Bernard Vonnegut won an IG Nobel Prize for determining that the uh, ability of a tornado to pluck feathers from chickens, not really a good method of estimating its wind speed. <laughs> Can you imagine that, everyone? What a, You know how it is when you when you talk to an uncle or a grandma and you're like, well, you know, actually, that's not how you know if the meat's raw or not. Um, you got, you can use a temperature. Oh, you can use a thermometer. Uh, they have their, their way. Their own methodology. And of you always stuff. look like an a-hole. So everyone must have thought he was an a-hole. Like, uh, you know, the <laughs> chicken feather's not a thing. Plus, your chickens are dying. Is that, did they used to, that's how they would measure I, a tornado? I guess so. Uh, chickens, and in are case, all, chickens are a pretty hot commodity, man. It's a big deal if they're losing feathers, too, I imagine. Yeah. So, uh, IG yeah. Nobel Prize. He won for that, by the way. Uh, it's, so it, Instagram used Insta- to give out yes. the Nobel Prize? Yes, thanks for stepping on my joke. I, I picked this entire thing just to make an Instagram <laughs> joke, but hey. But I stepped on it? Uh, hey, you're the better jokesmith than I am. Um, and I you know, know I'll it say, took so long to get to it. Did you know Matt's better at jokes? It's did true because know? I started it with, did, did you, you know? know? Did you know? Uh, platypuses. Does that Hell sound yeah. right to you? Platypus? Platypus. Platypus. Platypus? I think it's platypus. It's multiple. Okay, how about, do you know that if you get a bunch of platypus, if there's more of them? (laughs) Anyway, they don't have nipples. Despite being mammals, they do not have nipples. They have mammary glands. Oh. That's right. Uh, They do not have pouches too, right? They no, wait, don't ask questions, Darren. Did you know? Just just yeah. receive the info. Just shut up and learn. Basically, this is how they feed their babies. They release milk through glands like you would sweat. So basically, they sweat milk. Hell yeah. And wow. then they have all these grooves on their belly where the, the milk just kind of gathers. And then the baby platypus come up there 
and they just lap it up. Nom, 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 nom. Which <sighs> milk sweat? Come on, platypus, give it a what? Like who? How much DMT were they doing along the way that this is how they ended up? Dude, just think about it. You have coconut milk, almond milk, alternative milks, goat milk. Puss milk. Yeah, there you go, Spencer. <laughs> uh, did you know during the Cold War, America used bears to test their ejector seats in supersonic jets? <laughs> oh, man. That's it. It's just that sentence. So I can just imagine a big-ass big bear. Big old gay guy getting thrown out of a just plane. Just like they're getting blasted out in a, in a jet. <laughs> That that bears all terrified. <laughs> yeah, I think they probably were. Bears don't usually, first of all, go supersonic speeds. Uh, yeah. And they don't generally. Jeez, I'm assuming yeah. these bears did not survive. This is actually a sad story, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's I, very sad. Well, no great. more questions. That's the only sentence we got. It, it reminds me of, uh, of you know, the, the first dog that ever went no. into outer space. Laika? Uh, Laika. Uh, and uh, I, I cannot talk about this without playing my favorite clip from Kunk on Earth. If you've ever seen that show, it's great. But, it's a great show. But she's, she interviews like serious scientists and historians and then just goes off. It's just some and, of the dumbest stuff. And it's so dumb, but here's when she found out about the first ever dog in space. And did you know? It's really true. All this. Hot on Sputnik's heels was this Soviet space dog known on Earth as Laika who blasted into space in November 1957. What happened to Laika? I expect they gave her a bone and a, a rub on the tummy when she got back. Well, Laika unfortunately never made it back to Earth because shortly after launching, she overheated and she tragically passed away just a few hours after being launched. You're f***ing joking. I wish I was. No, this was, she was launched on, on a flight that was pretty much one way. There's a dead dog in space. So there's a dead dog somewhere in the back of a frame of every film shot in space like Star Wars. I wouldn't there say... There are dead dogs in Star Wars. Um, that is unacceptable. Well, Laika's satellite eventually burned up in the Earth's atmosphere, but this was well after she'd passed away. As I say, it was, it, it was just a, a few hours after launch that, that, that she died, Sorry, I, I can think, we of just stress. Have a minute's silence for Laika. So did you know there's a, there's a dead dog in every Star Wars movie? More did you knows at the same time tomorrow, and you can always did us your did you knows Text 835-1015 or call us with a fact. And, of course, you have to start it off with... Did, did you know? <laughs> Chat GPT will soon be made from wool. <laughs> Greetings, listener. It is now time for Weird or Wired. Is it Weird or is it Wired? Matt Bearden is here to let us know. He's our resident scientist. Resident. Resident. Whatever, man. I'll take it. Raise, okay. a, raise a tune? Sure, popping my tent. Yeah, look at that. Uh, Looking good today. Sam Altman, who is the head of uh, the uh, OpenAI company, you know, that uh, that makes the ChatGPT? Yes. Sure. He said, uh, ChatGPT will make people uncomfortable. So I assumed he meant <laughs> it'll be made out of wool or something else itchy. Now, he was uh, being interviewed by Axios. And he said, uh, yeah, they, it's going to develop in a way that, uh, and its quote is, it's going to have a lot of individual customization. It says uh, ChatGPT will allow for individual customization, mm. which means they don't plan on putting any stops on ChatGPT. No, no, Why no. would you? They pushed him a little further, and he said, well, you know, 
if a country out there, okay, so, oh, here's how he specified. He said it, it'll be based on a user's value preferences and possibly on what country they reside in. So they did some follow-up questions. What exactly do you mean? And he goes, well, you know. Uh, you know, uh, Some it, countries want to see Bob and Vagine. Well, he said if. Some uh, countries. He said if a country said, you know, and his is his quote. If a country said, you know, all gay people should be killed on sight, then, well, that might be out of bounds. But there are probably other things might that be. I may not personally agree with, but a different culture might. It's what he's saying is okay. he does not want to form Chad GPT around his own set of values, but leave the values oh, yeah. open. Let's just throw Chat GPT out there to learn <laughs> well, <laughs> on its, its own. It is 100%. kind of. The thing is they're saying, well, if you don't teach it some kind of morality, it will learn its own morality. Of course, uh, things like elections were brought up. We're headed into our own contentious election year. Yay. And um, he kind of added, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> he just sort of back, sure. backed away. Uh, he says he wants to invite, he wants to avoid fighting the last war on election misinformation. Um, I don't know exactly what that means. Since yeah. he is ramping up efforts to reduce misinformation and abuse of open AI models. But um, we happen to know for a fact that open AI has... OpenAI has far fewer people devoted to election security than a company like Facebook. And we all know there's no misinformation about elections on Facebook. So yeah. still, still puzzles me when people bitch about Facebook and Twitter being the uh, um, oppressing and blacklisting and secretly hiding. And those were the two places where misinformation literally spread and the company encouraged it because yeah, it started it there. helped them. <laughs> yes. Well, it should be interesting to see how it develops. Um, Altman was kind of ousted uh, a few months ago from OpenAI by the board. They yeah. said they felt like he was going too fast with development. He was immediately brought back in like 24 hours, uh, and then those board members were, were pushed out. And I think, <laughs> I think he won kind of an internal debate on whether – they should let OpenAI just go crazy, Why not? or they should put uh, the brakes on it. And I think he's just saying, "Look, he he wants to he wants to lean into AI, and uh, and I guess that's where we're headed." I want to lean into TI. I think that is really where the future is, which is basically artificial intelligence. But how would TI? Everything is framed through the rapper's lens. Yeah. So you get. Probably something that's more accurate that represents culture and society today, and it sounds good. Do you remember before you got sober how you used to lean into PI so much? Uh, but yeah, all the time. Public intoxication. I literally arrested for it once. Yeah, yeah we were... don't want to. We don't want to lean into that. No, no. I also used to say some things on social media that probably were worse than AI back when I was in my PI days. Yeah, you did. But now, now it's just AA. Turns out EVs might not be a thing of the future. I know it, but I don't think I should say it. Consequences will never be the same. It's time to take a look at what's happening on social media. Obviously a lot with elections and the big storm that came in. But one of the more entertaining uh, (laughs) things I noticed was... The amount of people with electric vehicles, specifically Teslas, that realize you can't really travel in the cold. Can't really travel in the snow. 
uh, they were there were problems with supercharging stations. There were problems with the batteries hitting this horrible cold weather. Problems all around, as uh, reported in Chicago, nearby where Matt actually survived a deadly storm, which you can hear on the podcast. But yeah, cold temperatures don't help out the Tesla owners. No juice, it's still on zero percent, and this is like three hours this morning being out here. After being out here eight hours yesterday. Man, this is crazy. It's 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 a disaster. Seriously. Just, oh, we got a bunch of dead robots out here. It's not plug and go. You have to precondition the battery, meaning that you have to get the battery up to the optimal temperature to accept the fast charge. So there you have it. EV is supposed to be the thing of the future, but they can't they can't handle a snowpocalypse. It's what's interesting is I, I rode in uh, a Tesla uh, during the snow and it was a really nice ride. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I guess I definitely. I, there are problems. No matter the vehicle, there are problems. I mean, older cars you can crack the engine if you don't heat it enough. Even diesels, you know, have trouble with the 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 plug heating up in time. And I don't know how this works. You know, I don't even have a heater in my old twenty five year old truck. But the, for some reason, since the cold has started, you set uh, trash on fire in your back. The lights old will school. come on inside the car, and then they just occasionally will. But like <laughs> miles down the road, they suddenly just spring on. I thought the bulbs had burned out. I wonder if condensation in the bulbs or elsewhere kind of frees up. I don't know. But the 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 thing is, is social media is having a field day with it. Some oh, of it's I'm just sure. people dunking on Elon Musk. Some of it's like, say, solar panels and wind and electric, it's bad. Plus all the <laughs> lithium Stupid. batteries being mined out of. But what's what what's entertaining to me is is when we talk about the future, when we talk about what's going to happen, electricity, electric vehicles. Obviously, at some point, we will run out of fossil fuels. Will need to be the future. But the thing people don't realize is, the apocalypse isn't a hot hellscape it's going to be frozen every way whether it's nuclear war or just the eventual uh, global climate change uh, climate change will. it always ends up that we're going to be in a frozen snowpocalypse does it yes that's that's does the way it, it works even if it's even if after, there's a volcano well, even if there's an asteroid was every single apocalyptic scenario hmm. ends up being cold in the snow and if you have an ev that can't even charge because the stations are frozen or the batteries explode when it gets too cold. What the hell are we going to do? If it's the end of the world, why do you care about it? Nothing's going to work. CJ's been waiting for the end of the world. He's been preparing. He's got a bunch. He's got like a secret room in his house now. That's why he bought the house. And he's got a bunch of guns and he's yes. got a bunch of gold. He does have a secret <laughs> room in his house. He does not use it for the apocalypse. He uses it for something else and it's disgusting in there. Yeah, he uses it for the jackalypse. Which okay. is my okay. okay, my term. Anyhow, hey, bring your bring those jackalips over here. I'm gonna show you something. Whether you leave crying from laughter or crying for humanity, this show is guaranteed to make you a little moist. M O I S T. Can't believe they made me say that word. The CJ Morgan Show on 101X.